0: Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast. We are all about going beyond curriculum, beyond programs, beyond best practices, to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that produce disciples of Jesus Christ who, in turn, disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I am the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries.
1: And I'm Steve Manscar, Director of Wesleyan Leadership, also at
0: Discipleship Ministries. On well, our opening episodes, we've tried to lay out a foundation for small groups and encourage, encourage pastors and churches, not just the need for them, but explore why, to explore some helpful tips in doing small groups. And so this episode, we're going to take a little different slant. We're going to get a little down and dirty about small groups, because for all our talk about how great small groups are, how needed they are, we certainly believe that, they're also really messy. Let's just name that reality that as much as we're all in on small groups, managing them, the administration, the logistics, they're difficult, they're hard. And I know there's a lot of pastors who have no doubt listened to our first few episodes and are thinking, Steve, Scott, that all sounds great, that sounds pie in the sky, Either that's not going to work, or I've just got too much else going on between the finance committee, the worship committee, pastoral care stuff, the staff I've got to deal with. And so we're here to kind of dig into what makes small groups so much trouble. That's what we're going to deal with, and we're going to begin our episode with an interview from Mark, y- or with Mark Youngman, and one of the pastors of Providence United Methodist Church, a vibrant, growing United Methodist Church just east of Nashville, uh, where I can say I'm an affiliate member. And uh, Mark is here. He is, you know, it's very interesting for me because you're one of my pastors, and I get to interview one of my pastors. So this is a pretty neat experience for me. And um, so, Mark, um, we've Steve and I have talked a lot about small groups, about why they're, they're needed, why they're such important vehicles for formation, but we also recognize there's some practical logistics that are just messy and weird and hard. And the reason I, I wanted to interview you is a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago where you were kind of expressing that to, to me after one of the coaches' meetings. And I, what I heard and what you were saying was there are so many pastors who can identify with what you're saying. They may not be at large churches. They might be at small churches, but those those dynamics are there. So uh, just to begin, w- thank you for being here. And, and I'm going to begin on a little bit sour note, but why don't you share <laughs> some of the, the difficulties that go along with yeah, small groups? Thank
2: you, Scott. Thanks for inviting me to be here. And it's an honor to, to be here with you guys. And um, yeah, small groups are a beautiful, amazing uh, environment where God does great work in building disciples, yeah. and we, we see that all the time at Providence and, and churches just around the world. But they are difficult too. There are there are challenges that that are a part of that. And uh, as I was expressing to you, um, not not too long ago, um, it's the. There, there's a challenge in because we're dealing with people yeah. and uh, people have personalities and people have <laughs> desires and needs um, it, when it comes to connecting with other people which is you know a big part of what we're trying to do in small groups is to help them to connect and to have an environment where where they can can go deeper in discipleship and um, that involves being able to be around other people <laughs> and it depends it depends on uh, on an ability to be able to to work through difficulties and and issues and uh, those kinds of things take time. And as I've learned um, over and over again, it can be messy. Yeah. Well, and as pastors,
0: we have we wear several hats, right? We sure. pastoral care. I mean, you're coming from a funeral. There's lots of hats that we wear. And so, one of the difficulties I'd like you, I'd like for you to expand on a little bit, is administratively, there's there's so many things going on in a church. How do you wrestle with that?
2: Yeah. Well, honestly, you know, when you invited me to come do this, I said, if you want to find somebody who's really just figuring out what they're doing, then I'm (laughs) your guy. Um, (laughs) And I feel like that is very much true and will probably continue to be true because it's just a a constant process of of learning. Um, One of the things that, that we're really trying to do at Providence is to develop a team of leaders that help to make these groups function well. Um, and so administratively, if that falls on one person, we've got 40 groups at Providence. And if the, uh, the moving around of that and ordering uh, materials and helping um, them coordinate their meeting times and locations and all of that, if, that, if all that falls on one person, um, it's going to be a lot and it's gonna, it's going to wear you down pretty quickly. Um, and so what we're trying to do is to develop teams of coaches um, who are kind of looking at the larger larger picture and each, connecting with a handful of groups and then coordinators within each group that are helping to um, helping the communication flow to happen. Um, so one thing that I'm, I'm doing in some ways is kind of working my way out of a, of, of a job or yeah. at least as much of a time, time consuming job so that um, so that groups can run more effectively and, um, and we can continue to look at big picture things about how to how to make them work better and we can uh, tell the stories of what God is doing in, in forming disciples there.
0: Yeah, that, that's very helpful. I and mean, I think that's one of the things y'all are doing quite well, is putting in a structure of folks so it's not just falling just on the, the pastor who's in charge of or oversees small groups, but spreading the responsibility out. I think that's that's very, very helpful. Um, uh, you described yourself uh, a minute ago this way, and I'll throw it out there and let you explain. You said you often find yourself in the role of a matchmaker. <laughs> what do you mean by that?
2: Um, yeah, um, so in— when people sign up for small groups and indicate interest in a small group you know we're trying to find a, a few of the things about just their demographic and season in life and interests and um currently our groups are are pretty much associated around uh, life stage sure. and um but then we also have to deal with schedules and and other interests and um, children and, and all these different elements that, that are a part <laughs> yep, of that. All those logistics. Uh, yes, logistics. Um, and, and so a big part of that is, is trying to, to find um, individuals and family groups that work well together, um, not just based on interest. Doesn't, they don't have to be monolithic, but, but to be able to have enough of a life um, that looks similar enough that they can schedule <laughs> in like ways and, and yeah. be able to, to function together and, and be able to help each other along in the path. Um, so there's a little bit of a matchmaker part that um, <laughs> that feels like it comes into that because, um, y- you know, there will be times where I, I don't yet know the person who, who is indicating interest in a small group. True. Um, I'd love to get to know them better and, and try to do that. Um, but it's not an exact science of being able to find a perfect sure. home for, for a person, um, and so a part of that is uh, maybe even a, a rematchmaker at, at times, <laughs> <laughs> allowing people to um, to say this this group and this is not maybe the right right fit for me. Is there something else? So we've tried to put that into the system as well of making it possible for a person to to try out a group and uh, uh, maybe not, not so much speed dating, if we're going to go <laughs> with that metaphor, <laughs> but an opportunity to find out uh, where they can connect best.
0: Yeah. And I think that's quite helpful, actually, in terms of um, allowing people some grace to, well, if this didn't work, let's try it in a healthy sense. Let's Let's maybe try over here. Right. And so I think that's. Really, a key component is to inject some maturity into, hey, if this one group doesn't work, it's okay. Let's try some things around, which can be absolutely uh, very, very healthy and very, very um, beneficial. One of the other things we discussed was also then recognizing groups have a life cycle, All right? Can sure. you say a little more about some of the stuff you've seen in that regard?
2: Yeah, um, you never know uh, when it comes to small groups. You begin a thing and. You dream sometimes about it lasting a lifetime and sometimes it does, and that's amazing. We have our church has been around for about eight years and we have a group um, that has been around for eight years uh, for that whole the whole that whole time, which is an amazing thing and also a rarity that yeah, you'd have true. that many people that are even living in the same area for that number of years very true in this, in this day and age. Um, so yeah, so people come come and go, life cycles change. Um, and sometimes it, it really even just comes down to personalities of, of saying, well we're just we're in a different place right now. This group used to function well for some reason it's not now. Um, so we will usually enter in a coach will usually enter in and say, well, what is there something that we can do to help the situation here?" And on the rare occasion, a group will decide we need to take a break and sometimes it needs to we just need to dissolve and find new new group homes. And it's difficult because yeah. that, you know, there can be hurt feelings as a part of that. But we are trying to create an environment where that's an actually it's an OK thing to be able to um, to do that, to be able to move on well and for a group to even die well.
0: Well, I think that's helpful advice to remember that we believe in a life cycle in death. There mm-hmm. comes new life and, yes. and we're able to uh, I think one of the things we can then say to folks um, is not always to present the ideal picture of what a small mm-hmm. group is going to look like. Hey, you're going to get together, you're going to do life together, and oh, it's going to be amazing, right? But also work in there. Sometimes these groups don't work, and it's okay, right? And to, to acknowledge, Absolutely. I think that can be very healthy and beneficial. Mm-hmm. So as a, a last question to you, as somebody who's been a part of small groups for a good, good time here, not just at Providence, but on previous appointments, mm-hmm. what's some encouraging words you would give to pastors?
2: Um, yeah, but probably the encouraging words that I try to uh, recite to myself is remembering that um, in moments where you feel like you're you're deep in administrative and maybe matchmaking, um, that that aspect of of group life is not all that there is and that there's actually a an outcome that that God desires to work in our small groups. God de- God desires to yeah. work through that messiness. and as we discussed earlier, I, I feel like like God tends to work in those moments of of great great messiness um, that involves work because it yeah, is true. work um, but it's good work <laughs> yeah. and it's worth it.
0: Yeah, No, I think, that's, I think that's profoundly biblical in terms of what we see in terms of dark times, messy times, God does his greatest work. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, that's, that's extremely helpful. So Mark thank you so much for your yeah. encouraging words, for your wisdom and I know lots of pastors and small group leaders are going to hear this and be encouraged. So thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. That was real kind of Mark to take some time to spend with us. And I hope you found him encouraging and uh, realistic about the reality of small groups. Uh, We're going to take a chance at this next part to do something a little different. Um, Since we're having a little bit of a a downer theme, we thought we would continue (laughs) with that (laughs) and share our worst small group experiences. Um, Steve, you want to go first you want me to go first? Why don't you go first? Okay, I'll go first. Um, this wasn't a group that was an ongoing group. It was kind of a haphazard Bible study that a roommate and I in college would do and had a variety of people come, and one night it broke out into a debate. Not a discussion. uh, It was a debate. And it was all about whether uh, Christians had to speak in tongues. You couldn't be a real Christian unless you spoke in tongues. And uh, very quickly... Things sort of escalated, people kind of left the room and got other people to come back into the room who were there for mentors, and it was really kind of awkward, and because there was kind of cross-racial lines as well, which sort of added a a weird dynamic to it, and people were just sort of throwing Bible verses at each other, and and it was really uncomfortable for for a bit. Uh, Thankfully, however, uh, towards the end, we were able to acknowledge uh, the presence of Christ in one another, and... So you know we don't completely agree with one another, but um but we can still join hands and I had a very meaningful prayer time at the end, but it still made things quite awkward, and probably that was the most awkward small group experience I've had to to date
1: so did that group continue to meet
0: uh not not for long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think when you have that much hostility and that much conflict, that's not an environment people want to be a part of yeah. and so we tried and we did something differently. And then of course, um, for reasons I won't name, he didn't come back to school. So, uh, (laughs) I moved on. (laughs) Uh, well, my experience,
1: um, is, and these are small groups is adult Sunday school class. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm in a, uh, uh, a church here in Nashville, a congregation in Nashville that has a uh, fairly large adult Sunday school class program i 'm not sure how many classes there are, but there 's at least a dozen oh, yeah, maybe hey. more and i'm in a, uh, I chose this class because uh, a friend of mine is in it, and in fact he 's been leading it for the last um, several couple of months. Okay. And he's done a pretty good job. He prepares, and we, we're doing a lectionary study or really discussion. So it's, ideally, it's a discussion of ideally, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, lecture, the scripture passage for Sunday morning. And it has potential for being a really great small group, and sometimes it is. Okay. When people show up. Ah. Uh. And that's my, my, my beef with this group. And, and uh, it's uh, and it's with sort of adult Sunday school in general is you never know who's going to show up. You never know really what's going to happen. Sometimes the leader doesn't show up and he hasn't told anybody that he's not going to be there yes. or she's not going to be there. And then we fumble around and try to figure out, okay, we got this hour to fill. What are we going to do? And we we end up just filling it with silly conversation that no. doesn't really contribute at all to Christian formation.
0: And probably doesn't feel very meaningful use of time either.
1: Um, you know, I've I've learned that, you know, my my I have an adult son, a young adult son, who uh, lives in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and wh- I've learned that there are two other couples in this group who have children who also live in Brooklyn. So that's been fun and something we have in common. But... I'd really like to spend forty minutes or so talking, discussing what the scriptures have to say to us for that morning, (laughs) but that rarely happens. Um, And so I'm, I'm not. I like to go there because my friend is there, and he's. I want to support him as the leader. But I know I have very low expectations that any kind of Christian formation is happening for anybody in that room with the exception of my friend who does put a lot of work into preparing sure. the class sure. and I really appreciate that but I wish the rest of the people appreciate it I think they do appreciate it they just don't show up um, and that that's and, and I've been invited to teach adult Sunday school classes but I, I've learned over time really not to put a lot of time into preparing because they're not bringing anything themselves. They're not
0: bringing anything to it. Yeah, that's difficult. And I, and I think that, that is one of the troubles with small groups, right, is that when they're not done well, people don't find meaning in them. They check out. And then when churches try to revamp small group ministry, they people say, no, no, been there, done that. So let's sort of reflect on what we've heard from, from Mark because I think there was a lot in what he said that we can draw some helpful, uh, I don't want to say tips, but some uh, helpful ways of going forward. And and one of the first things that that I heard was that there was a, a, a this attempt, at least, for balance of, of structure and freedom to, to monitor what was happening in yeah. those classes. Yeah. Um, I think that can be real important to at least be engaged enough. You don't want to be dominating or domineering or controlling, but you want to have a sense of what's happening who's doing what and how how it's going yeah
1: you want to have sort of keep a way of you know as a pastor or as a staff person responsible for small groups have a way of sort of keeping your your finger on the pulse as to you know how it's going in the groups And, and um mark and the people at providence i think have done a good job of finding that balance. And I think it's an ongoing process for them because it's a growing church. It is.
0: So one of the the things about small groups that I hope we have not imparted over our first few episodes is that pastors hear this and think, well, oh, they just get into a mode of guilt of what I'm what I'm not doing. And I have all these balls in the air. And I know I need to be doing formational groups, and, and I'm not doing that. And so I think one of the other things we heard from Mark, and I'll let you elaborate on this, Steve, was... Uh, don't do it yourself build a team
1: that's right that's right and you the pastor shouldn't try to do this on their own because it's 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 an impossible job and and the other you know we the the other problem with if you do do it on your own and it's all about and 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 they come that and the people come to depend on you as the pastor in our system you're not going to be there forever. This, we, you know, we're, we're in an itinerant system, and when you move, when the pastor moves, and if the pastor's been doing everything, a big hole is going to be left, and mm-hmm. there's a very good likelihood that, that that good work that he or she has done is going to collapse because they've not prepared anybody to, to take over that responsibility, which is why small groups, Leadership needs to be a team effort. Yeah, well said. Um, Pastors, we need to um, foster the development of of leaders in discipleship in the congregation who can work as partners in this ministry of Christian formation, of disciple formation. And, and, you know, as we've been talking about, we believe that happens best in small groups. Right. And so... Pastors need to build a, a, a team or a small group council that meets, right, you know, monthly or every other month or at a minimum quarterly, sure, to uh, to check in with the pastor as to how it's going in the respective groups, to to give sort of joys and concerns, to pray for the people in the groups, and also to let the pastor know. If there's anything going on that needs some pastoral attention, yeah. Um, so, that development of a, a council or some kind of team that, and really the laity should have the bulk of the responsibility for this work, mm-hmm. they should own it. Uh, that's that's part of the baptismal covenant.
0: Okay, yeah, that, good. You know, good to draw back on that. Yeah, make it In connection.
1: that, uh, well, first of all, in the promises that are made, Um, after the baptismal vows are taken and then at the end of the baptismal ritual when the pastor says I commend these persons to your love and care Mm. to your love and care do all in your power to increase their faith confirm their hope and perfect them in love now that tells me that the bulk of the ministry of disciple formation is done by the the church not the pastor the pastor plays an important role but the pastor cannot and should not attempt to disciple everyone in the congregation yeah. that's why you need to work in partnership with the people that god has placed in that congregation to do that work with you
0: yeah and it's very reminiscent of the the whole early methodist movement of those class leaders doing exactly. that work i mean that's yeah. so uh, just to flesh this out a little more, I know one of the things I did in my last church, and, and in that church, uh, small group ministry was mainly Sunday school classes. And so I would ha- have what I called small group, um, I'm sorry, Sunday school class leader gatherings. I learned if I called them a gathering, people <laughs> felt more comfortable to come. Sure. Have food, uh, too. Uh, donuts. <laughs> um, I I will admit, I, I think I came because of the <laughs> Donuts. <laughs> Um, and so uh, what we would do is have time where they could sort of give testimony. Hey, what's going well? And then we, could, uh, yeah. we would do some sort of training. So yeah. Whether it's me yep. or somebody else, do yep. some sort of training. That's good. Um, and so that we're, we're learning something. Uh, you know, encourage them. And, and then I would always ask, what do you need from me? You know, how can I best support you? And that doesn't mean how can I come in and fix things.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Right? But how can I help you do what you're doing? And I I think it can be that simple. I don't think it's got to be much more rigorous than that sort of generic formula to be intentional about what's happening in the groups. How can I be of help in the groups? What do you need for your training to help you grow? And when we, um, as pastors, take that intentional time with that smaller set of select group, that's when some real discipleship is happening that then produces other disciples. Right. So fairly, I think that's a fairly easy, quick thing. And th- the last thing that we'll discuss here that we mentioned is, I'd heard someone say this um, recently and I'm not sure where it was, but they said well, however much time pastors spend on worship, they should give an equal amount of time to formation. Hmm. And, and mm-hmm. my first thought was, oh yeah, absolutely, gung-ho, absolutely right. And, and the more I've sort of processed this, I thought, well, maybe. you know, m- Maybe we should step back even further and, and look, how do we look at worship and all our formation pieces that, that formation is happening in worship and formation happens in small groups and and how does that push us towards the mission of the church right um, and so I'll, I'll sort of let you on that if you'd like but that's sort of been a revelation for me of, of looking through that whole lens of all that we do as a church through the lens of formation towards mission
1: right i think w- w- everything we do as as pastor as in the church we we all and particularly as the pastor and and this is really one of the pastor's most important jobs is to keep the mission always before the church and to keep the mission of making disciples of jesus christ for the transformation of the world before all of the small groups as as integral to worship on sunday morning and you know if you do sunday night or wednesday night That 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 we always that everything that we do worship, small groups, Sunday school, administrative groups, all are focused on moving the church forward in its mission of equipping the members to join Christ in His mission in the world.
0: Yeah, well said. Yeah, just you reminded me of Ephesians um, chapter four to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. Yeah. Right? That our role isn't necessarily to do all the work, <laughs> but to help equip others in doing well, that. Well, also in that same chapter, Paul identifies
1: the fivefold ministry mm. of, you know, some are pastors, what is it? evangelists, teachers, pastors, teachers, um apostles, prophets, apostles, evangelists, prophets, shepherds yeah. and
0: teachers. Sorry. That's <laughs> it. Yeah.
1: So we need to, you know, one, one of the important th- jobs of the pastor is to help the members of the congregation discern their ministry as prophets right. and evangelists. And what are the pastors and
0: teachers and flip screens already on me?
1: <laughs> I always
0: forget one. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds. Apostles.
1: Past, yes, those are well. Shepherd, pastor. That's they're sure. interchangeable. Sure. Um, so w- we need to really claim that fivefold ministry, um, and and even for some, you know, people who are in the role of pastor, their call may be more towards evan- evangelist or apostle, and there there are certainly people in the congregation. Who can do pastoral ministry
0: that's right and we, we should yeah and we
1: need that's one of our jobs as pastors is to nurture and help people identify their call and then to equip them to do that work that ministry
0: yeah that's good and so I think two major takeaways that I hope people will hear from this episode is one just to persevere small yeah. groups are messy we're going to have other episodes where we talk about more troubles in <laughs> small <laughs> groups. This doesn't end here. No, this is only part one. <laughs> That's right. And, and so stay tuned for that uh, uplifting episode. <laughs> no, but we have to acknowledge the reality of them, right? And, and so my hope is pastors will persevere. And, and, and you don't have to all f- figure it out right now. Continue to work through it. Continue to go. And, and the second one I hope pastors will hear is not a, not a guilt, but a build a team. Get others around you. And do, and do that work um, as specifically and me, important. I
1: want to add just something that just came to my yeah, mind is learning from John Wesley that he would often, he tried a lot of different stuff in the societies. Some stuff worked and he went with it. Okay. Other stuff didn't work and he just stopped doing it and uh-huh. he was willing to try new things all the time. Experiment, and so risk. He experimented, he took risks. And so the stuff that worked, like the class meeting,
0: That's what he held ran on.
1: with that, and that really bore a lot of fruit yeah. for the movement and for the world, really. Sure. But there were other things that he tried that didn't work, and he just said, "Okay, we're we're going to stop doing that." Yeah. And you know, he always was always open for you know whatever the spirit brought his way, uh, and to and ideas that people would bring to him, and he'd give give it a try and. If it worked, let's keep doing it. If it didn't...
0: Let it die. Let it die. Let it die. Find new birth elsewhere. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I'm glad you, glad you said that. Well, I'm sure there's other troubles that you are having with your small group ministry. We'd love for you to interact with us and tell us about them. Tell us what, what troubles you encounter in small group ministry. You can find us uh, at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RevScottTweets and also at... UMC Adult Form, Steve? I'm at S-Manskar, at, at, S at S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R. So we hope you'll interact with us, and I'm pretty positive on the next episode we're going to be able to announce some winners, so uh, be ready for that. that that's exciting. Um, so I'm going to close us with this prayer. Most merciful Father, send your heavenly blessings upon this, your church, that all its members may dwell together in unity and love. Keep far from us all self-will and discord. Endue your pastors with righteousness and enable them to faithfully fulfill their ministry. Amen. We look forward to having you back for our next episode. Till next time, peace.
1: Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.